0: So you've got me tonight, um, playing host, um, so yeah, I'd just like to welcome you to Finding the Why. Um, so if you're wondering what Finding the Why is, it's um, a community of artists coming together to build relationships and disrupt the elite systems. For artists, by artists, by professional artists, myself and Kirsty Tubbs, um, with weekly live stream podcasts talking everything about art. Strong opinions and honest talk from professional artists and guests, from prejudice to bananas duct taped to the wall to exposes, art challenges, current news, special guests, and more. So please feel free to sit back and enjoy this next hour. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and yeah, we'll just kind of crack on and curse you. Let me know how your week's been.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: My week's um, been up and down actually because um, I had COVID last week and you just wake up and all of a sudden it just hits you and it's it's just so weird. On the days where you can be productive, you are productive and on the days where you can't be productive, you're literally just there in the bed. Oh, I've pressed something. Oh, what's happened? <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> that's technology for you. Um, and I found out that I am in a summer exhibition up in Doncaster and I'm down near London. Um, and today, you've got the phone call saying it needs to be mounted on boards, it needs to have mirror plating, <laughs> and um, this, that, and the other. So, and it needs to be delivered tomorrow. <laughs> so, um for the past few hours, it feels like panic, but organised panic of cutting up wooden boards and being able to find a way to be able to screw them all together, because my car is not very large and the artwork is like two and a half metres over. (laughs) So it's a lot of hard work and I'll probably be working late into the night, but yeah, (laughs) so that's my day and that's gonna be my weekend. (laughs) How's your week been?
0: nothing like a sharp deadline, is there too? I <laughs> you know you'll do it, you'll be, yeah. you'll be amazing. Um, my week, I feel like I've been body slammed basically. <laughs> Work's been like really hectic and um, I mean I have managed to do some art. I've, I've been out and about with my with my camera so that's been great and I've obviously been working on last week's art challenge so. But that's pretty much as much as I've uh, as I've actually managed. The rest's just been meetings and mayhem, really. So, mm.
2: yeah.
0: but you know, you have to take that, I guess, because it's not always going to be sitting down and creating.
2: So, yeah, it's always also the other bit, the administration parts as well, uh, which we all try and push aside, but it has to be done.
0: Yeah, especially accounts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> that is definitely a later problem for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit weird. <laughs> Are you that? Are you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a really dodgy picture in the, in the
2: <laughs> Right. Can but, we? Can we all see a white screen <laughs> saying "Finding the why <laughs> Right. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Right after all of that, <laughs> um, our first news article today is about Boleto's view of Verona selling for ten point five million pounds, or that is, okay, I have the wrong number written down. Yeah, ten point five million pounds, um, at a Christie's old Ma- masters sale in London, um, and it is the first time that he has had a sale since 1971 and and it's quite interesting that it goes for 10.5 million at an actual old masters sale because when there are loads of our old masters paintings going up for sale usually they're splitting out their money because they all want to be bidding on all of them rather than everyone bidding on just one Um, which I think it's phenomenal to be able to sell for 10.5 million Absolutely. I mean,
3: that was with fees as well. but mm. I think even more amazing that there, there had been a sale at um, Sotheby's. and I think in the in in that spectrum of the art market, they haven't really been reaching the anticipated price of the pea. Um, and it, it, I think it was a day before or a few days before Sotheby's had an auction and the prices were right down, so they were absolutely when this one sold um for, for the price it did. But yeah, it, I think last year, the old masters sale had been canceled and they, they think everybody was just really rather eager to get it back in on the scene, And you know, collectors wanted to sell on and, you know, um, yeah, I suppose there were other circumstances um, aside from the price that were kind of driving, driving that market. So yeah, it's, but they were saying about the piece as well, you know, it was it was quite weird that everybody wanted it. it was like there's something about the the ugly old tower slap bang in the middle of it it wasn't just like a very kind of pretty picturesque scene um, so yeah it was, it was quite unusual in that.
2: Yeah I mean um, it was such a unique size of a painting for the painter um as well as the actual imagery it's funny how people just want to buy it because there's this a lack of a better word, bog standard tower in the middle of a river, uh, rather than just one of those beautiful lands, landscape sceneries that you see from all the other um, old masters. Um, and because of COVID, no one's been buying and no one's really been selling any of the artwork because they know no one's buying. So to see that it's reached the 7.5 million pounds that it was put up for and went further a lot more people are wanting to sell their old master stuff for that quick bit of money in the auctions. Mm. Apparently, it
3: was bid on by a phone bidder as well. So, we have
2: a <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> could you imagine having your artwork go up in an auction for 10.5 million? I think I'd be pretty chuffed. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy a horse first or an <laughs> alpaca. <laughs> A
3: packer, of course
2: <laughs> yeah. can't buy one you have to buy three <laughs> okay yeah new company <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> so um the next article that we have is it's it's more of an essay that was written by two um specialist um doctors in the in the um field and their names were beth Horace and stephen zucker and basically they looked at what made art valuable then and now. And they, they spoke about art in the Middle Ages and in the during the Renaissance and how it was very much it was a it was a commission thing. It it was art was always made to order, it wasn't generally made for, for pleasure, um, or or just because. Um, and I suppose there are pros and cons to that because you know, the artists didn't necessarily have that artistic freedom that, you know, we, we, we enjoy, don't we, These days, it's just like you sit down, you create, you create from here, you love it, and you can just do what you want, unless, I mean, you can be driven by commission, but you don't necessarily have to do that. because suppose our accessibility to art materials can dictate that as well. Um, but one of the, the pros to this process was that it sold. So, you got the menu when you handed over the goods. Um, And also, the way artists were viewed, you know, the cultural value of the profession. Um, Artists were considered historically skilled laborers, artisans, craftsmen. Um, But in reality, I think what they wanted to be um, seen as were um, thinkers and innovators um, and kind of intellects, I guess, and, you know, kind of really being able to grasp a subject, um, and think outside the box, be imaginative about it. Um, And it's taken really, um, you know, centuries to cultivate this kind of, um, I suppose, more highbrow view of artists. And in some ways, it's kind of gone above and beyond. Um, But yeah, it's it's strange the way things evolve. But I think another, another point that they were talking about was, um, kind of the materials used historically, they were all kind of, a lot of it was depicting kind of religious themes and it was all about, you know, kind of religious devotion and um, kind of owning a picture that was made of, you know, it may have had like gold in and precious, precious, semi-precious stones. Um, it was all about status. And it was almost like you were proving your worth and your status by owning a piece of art that had so, you know, it was so extravagant and so lavish. Um, but, you know, if you if you look at this piece here, it's like, it's obviously got um, so many precious elements to it, not just the actual images. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's crazy the way art has kind of come on um, through, through the centuries and the, the meanings it's taken on.
2: Mm, it's so true I mean uh, the, the whole imagery that is within the artworks as well it shows really what people were not necessarily interested in but what was the going thing at that time and it was usually about Christianity Um, in our country and in other countries it'd be the other religions if you know, the English conquest hadn't already stomped that down and decided you're not already Christian <laughs> or Roman Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas nowadays, art is very expressive and um, there's a whole wide array of things that we paint, landscapes, mental health, abstract, portraiture. Uh, there's, this, there's this whole array and people do it because they love it, not necessarily to make sales. And I think that brings up a really good point about when you get paid with them that people walked up to them or how, how did they talk back then? Wrote a letter to them, <laughs> word of mouth. Um, basically going, can you make me a commission? I've seen what you've already made. Uh, you make it, then we'll pay you. Whereas now it's more, it's more like you don't get, Asked or commissioned to make it necessarily, you make it and then you get paid. So you're still getting paid after you've made the artwork. And um, so at that point, I think it hasn't changed, it's just adapted.
3: Yeah. I think another interesting point that they made was that um, the materials aren't so defining to the artwork because at the time, you know, artwork was pricey because of the materials that we used. Mm-hmm. Yeah days it's like you know I think the analogy was made that Picasso could do a doodle on a napkin and it would sell for how many millions whereas back then it would it would just kind of be brushed aside and yeah in that respect it really has come on
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah I think that's really true it's kind of they want that two carat gold sculpture because they are rich and they are above those peasants that don't have artwork (laughs) or gold whereas today it's I have a canvas with three scratches on, above you peasants, that's 10 million pounds. Totally. <laughs> so yeah, materials have completely moved on. It's not necessarily the value of the material that it's using, it's now getting more into what the concept is behind it and why you have it and what it also, it does look like, um, but yeah. It, it on that pins in the future. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah I think if you can you should really read this it's actually really really interesting to compare what art was like back then in the middle ages renaissance compared to what it actually is now in the contemporary art world absolutely mm-hmm. and our next one is well more like the title of the show what makes art valuable yeah yeah um, so this
3: one was really interesting because it broke it down quite nicely into into oh, bullet <laughs> <break>. <laughs> Um So yeah, we'll, we'll start at the beginning: authenticity, just kind of making sure you know that the, the piece isn't a copy. It's it, it's just the original, um, and it's it's not copying anybody else's artwork. Although you know these days we do say that everything kind of is inspired or influenced by something, but you know, it, it's kind of, I suppose it's your take on it, which is, is what they're talking about, authenticity and your
2: style. So, Yeah, I think authenticity is really important to think about, especially if you're an artist trying to sell your artwork, because obviously you know it's authentic to you, but your customers might not. Having that certificate of authenticity, having it stamped or punched or something like that in a way where you know that you did that, and you would be able to tell what a replica would look like um, or a bad fake, even if it's one of the more expensive ones. On that certificate of authenticity, it tells you exactly where it was sold from and that trail. So say you got it from Christie's, you go to a Christie's and ask, is this real? They would have um, documents stating in there sales so it's so important to know about authenticity and how to get your own authenticity across within your artwork as well as yourself mm,
1: absolutely.
2: Um, and the next one is where does it fall in history who has it belonged to who hasn't it belonged to um, sometimes it's not just the name that gives it its value or the name of the artist sometimes it's the name of the collector that actually gives it its value which um, not to say it wouldn't happen, but say the Queen bought your artwork, that artwork would be worth a lot because it you, you've got like the, the head of the country has bought your artwork. Whereas say Jane next door in the house down the road <laughs> doesn't quite have that same provenance for the artwork.
3: Absolutely. And I went to the trouble of finding the top 10 celebrity art collectors. <laughs> curious. Um, so we have Leonardo DiCaprio, surprise surprise, um, Jay-Z and Beyonce, um, Barbara Streisand who actually apparently did her last tour to pay for um, a Modigliani that um, she took a shine to. Um, there's Elm DeGeneres and her wife, her wife um, Portia De Rossi, um, Sean Combs uh, who is of course P. Diddy, um, Alicia Alicia Keys and her husband um, are quite big fans of Brian Donnelly and they have this great big, um, massive um, wooden sculpture. Um, And obviously Brian Donnelly comes under the name of course. Um, Oprah is a big um, art collector. Elton, Cheech Marin, um, John McEnroe, who actually commissioned one of his favorite artists to piece on him and his wife, Um, Madonna who um, is a fan of Frida Kahlo, and um, she actually loaned um, one of Frida's pieces, um, My Birth, to the Tate, apparently. so It's mm. just kind of a rundown of the few. And I tell you, who was quite surprising was Steve Martin, if you yeah. know, actor and comedian. He is a massive um, art fan and art collector, and he's a big fan of Canadian art, and wow. um, especially kind of the artist Lawrence Harris, and he opened an exhibition of these his pieces and these kind of green landscapes and Arctic landscapes and quite a, a metaphysical kind of theme to them. But uh, yeah, there's just amazing
0: kind
2: of <laughs> but I know exactly who I'm writing to when this is over. but <laughs> <laughs> the, the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah next one is condition and this is actually quite a important factor but the condition is so important because literally a rip or a tear could ruin its entire value and the best way to look at it is like books first edition books they are so rare they get a tear or a little bit of mold or anything like that that has taken it from a one thousand ten thousand book to literally, it could be all the way down to a $10 book. Like, it really can be as drastic as that. So taking care of your artwork. I am awful for this because if I have a studio space, my artwork will be everywhere and I will work on top of it or it could get dirty or ripped. Or I used to do the thing of putting up my artwork in my studio with nails, not a good plan. (laughs) Um, So just, just care for your artwork and care for other people's artwork because you might damage someone else's value as well if you have theirs.
3: Yeah, and actually keeping it out of direct sunlight kind of, it it seems a no brainer, but not everybody's kind of aware that things need to be kept out of direct sunlight and, you know, the kind of deterioration after a while Mm. Uh, and obviously kind of, you know, correct um, glazes that will protect the paint um, and yeah, just, Nowhere damp. It's amazing how damp in their houses
0: though, you know? Uh... Mm. So um, the next one is historical significance. So kind of, is it saying something quite poignant about, about its era and the time? Um, take for instance, the Mona Lisa, which um, was actually a painting of um, Lisa Garardini, um and it was painted by Leonardo da Vinci and he was actually in Florence. He was living in Florence at the time. So um, Lisa was actually um, the wife of a Florentine um, merchant. So, and I think one of the, the things about that painting was that kind of air of mystery her smile had. It was, it wasn't a full on grin. <laughs> it was more of a kind of, a, a kind of look of knowing um, which kind of endeared a lot of people to her. Um, but obviously, yeah, kind of, you know, paintings that suggest something or have that kind of content of the time Obviously, quite important um, indicators to to the periods.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And popularity of the artist, if they are trendy, then people will buy it. Um, Say for some of the old masters, we covered this a little bit in the last episode, where in their time, they weren't necessarily trendy. They were poor. They literally had to sell and scrape by to get the art materials to be able to make the artwork to sell to buy more art supplies. Um, at the time, they weren't necessarily trendy because that it wasn't pointing to an era before or something that people really wanted. But they've passed, we've moved on, and we've, we see that their artwork actually does hold a lot of the era which suddenly brings up their popularity, which makes people want to buy them, which makes that all of a sudden the auctions at Christie's being 10, 20, 30, 40 million plus pounds uh, is so important for that. like, oh, like even more recently, those uh, paint pours, all of a sudden that we saw them everywhere. Everyone was making them and the popularity of the paint pores and the cellular things all of a sudden it, it just blew up and um, so it's also remembering what's going on in the times because if you're not following the times if, if your sole purpose is to make money then if you are not following the times and the trends then you're not going to make that money.
1: Mm,
0: absolutely, mm. Uh, rec-
2: recognition. Um, I suppose
0: the more we recognise something, and the more kind of we see it, and the more it's talked about, that will actually, you know, like like the popular artists, it will bump up the cost of, yeah, the, the sale price of it. Um, and as it as it's saying about um, Picasso's Cuba's paintings, and they, they were very very popular. Um, however, some of his lesser known stuff and lesser seen stuff um, will probably get overlooked in auction. Um, but it's funny this came up because I think was it. Um, Leonardo da Vinci's sketch of a bear? Was it a polar bear or something? Can you remember? <laughs> we, we read this. It's definitely a bear. remember, <laughs> but that went, that went down a storm and that's kind of one of them things, you know, when we're doing this reading up, a painting would generally go for a lot more than a sketch, but this sketch still, still went for millions, I think. Mm.
2: So. <laughs> I think that's so important. Even now, recognition is so important. I wouldn't probably have this opportunity Um, if the gallerists did not recognise my artwork that I have in the background of some of my uh, Zoom stuff that I do. So, but if they probably looked at some of my other sculptural works or ceramics or anything like that, they wouldn't know it was me because they don't see that all the time, whereas what I have in the background, they do. So, um, it's putting your art out there, get it recognised and I mean the whole point of that idea is do try and keep to a set style but you don't have to keep to a set style as long as the language is the same running through all of your artworks you might not know that it's doing that but it is as long as that language is running the same it will be recognized as a part of your practice.
0: And development Mm. you know we, we, we all develop we all kind of move through through styles and periods of kind of doing things a certain way um, and I suppose in some respects for some for some art collectors it must be nice to correct you, you know if, if you if you were an art collector to to follow that journey and you know if it, if and when an artist kind of comes to fruition go yeah I've been watching their
2: movies <laughs> 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 you know what I mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh dear Oh, the next one's my favourite one. What's the backstory? (laughs) Is it? (laughs) This could be anything from the backstory of the actual artwork you created, why you created it, to the backstory of you. How did you become an artist? Or even just your backstory of your photos of you working away in your studio practice online because a lot of people do like to see that and know how you've made the artwork and all of that. And it always brings to mind the first, literally the first thing my one of my tutors said to me when I did my BA in fine art. I walked into that room. The first thing they said was, "Fine art is who could bullshit the best." I will probably have to blur <laughs> blur that word out, but it, a lot of it. It's quite true. You can find yourself, if you really want to be in a certain exhibition and it has a certain theme or a certain thing they're looking for, sometimes you twist the artwork description a little bit to make it actually fit the exhibition. And and that might not necessarily been what it's about or even you make artwork and there is no real reason why you made the artwork. You just did it because you enjoyed it but everyone is looking for what is that artwork about? What's the concept of the artwork? Where did it come from? Where did you come from to make that artwork? Are you a refugee from another country that's traveled all this way, gone through hardship and scraped those pennies and pounds together to make the artwork? Or are you someone who has been homeless before and artwork saved your life? Or is artwork just something that you've enjoyed and, that is a valid enough backstory for you to just say you make art because you enjoy it. Absolutely. Um,
0: so moving on to, to particular medium, um, I think there's been some debate over whether acrylic has been of lesser value than, than oil and whether it's more technical and whether that can drive the price. Um, but kind of that aside, it's, it, you know, we did find that kind of obviously work done on canvas Um, is probably held with more value than than work done on paper. But um, I suppose that's not exclusive. Again, it probably depends on which artist, you know, was responsible for the work. And if the art's really popular and really trendy, then it's going to sell for as much as. Um, But obviously um, a painting over a sketch would likely fetch more. Um, You're looking at the size of it and indeed the quality that, you know, the craftsmanship involved in it. And again, an original piece is going to sell for more than a print or copy. And there are many, many copies and prints out there, as we know. So
2: <laughs> That's so true. Medium is really important to factor into your pricing guide um, because there is those conceptions. And I guess what it is, is because materials are more expensive if you use a canvas rather than paper or oils instead of acrylics but that doesn't necessarily just deem the entire factor. As you can see, the actual medium is one small factor of what you do for your pricings, Um, And then it brings us on to color. Um, And I laugh at this because (laughs) (laughs) we read a fantastic article about the color red (laughs) because historically, red has actually cost more even though it is it's quite an easy color to be able to make naturally not the synthetic reds but the natural reds Um, but it's just a sign of power of love of money of richness um it, <laughs> reading the, reading that article you could literally just see a collector laid there just rolling around in the color red <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> basically
3: saying red is the color of sex and yes. you know sex sells so sex equals money. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it, it was kind of quite funny because Kirsty and I both have a thing about people who try to sell their artwork in their bikinis
0: and <laughs> <laughs> that we would never do that. Um, so we're going to turn up one
2: day in our bikinis
0: and sell <laughs> <start> the show. <laughs>
2: yeah, why not? Uh, That is actually a really important point to put across. If you are selling your artwork to the public, you want to get naked, not going to, you know, whatever you want to do. (laughs) If you have it on your professional Instagram or website that you are given a gallery or a a very high-end collector, they probably won't buy it. Um, I had a message from a lovely young woman who (laughs) wanted to see if I wanted to commission her artwork fantastic artworks but you go through her social media and pretty much every single picture she was topless on Um, and it then becomes this awkward conversation um, because it's not necessarily deemed professional you want people put out that you put out there for that sole reason because they will also represent you and your name not necessarily just them and their artwork and um, so it's very important just think about how you come across uh, although it did it did make my day coming across it <laughs> So,
3: I suppose you've got to ultimately make that decision of what do you want to be taken seriously for and, you know, do you want to be known for your body and your looks or do you want to be known for your skill and your talent and what you bring to the field? Mm. So, yeah, I suppose it might be different for everybody, but it's uh, just something to bear in mind. I guess. Yes. <laughs> so next um, thing is subject. And historically, there are um, some things that have kind of gone down better than others and solved them more. So we're talking kind of beautiful women over men, um, because they're more aesthetic, I don't know. Just, you know, maybe it's just one of those things. Um, Sunny landscape scenes over dark and mysterious, um, you know, gloomy. Um, I don't know that that for me, and I suppose as a very individual, there is something really kind of drawing about. the mystery of stormy skies and stormy seas and um, more so than calm. I mean, you know, we all love to go out on a, a nice sunny day and it's it's a joy to, to, to look at you kind know, of visually and the, the colors, the different colors that are used, it, used in it. But equally kind of that darker element does have something kind of quite drawing. I don't know whether that says something psychological. psychological <laughs>
2: <about me. laughs> but I, I do think that's really important. Uh, it's just subject is very subjective oh that's quite a, subject is subjective um but it's true because it's also what is the subject to the medium if you had oils sunny landscapes do usually sell better but if you had things like charcoal and darker um materials where you can put a lot more movement more easily in then the darker and the Stormy seas usually um, do win out. If you typed into Google what art sells the best, usually the top ones are like landscapes, portraits, still life, abstract, and then the list goes on. Um, but again, that depends what you want to get out of it. Are you into it for the sales or are you into it because that's what your practice is deeming you to do? Mm. Um, and willpower. um, is quite an interesting one um, to talk about. What do you want your audience to take from it? What do you want the audience to feel when they see it? If the best ways to put it is if you have ever been to a Yoyoi Kusama installation, if you've been to a Olafur Eliasson uh, installation, you walk in and you go oh, like that because you are in an entirely different reality and all of a sudden the price will go up because you have given not just artwork you've given an experience someone to feel something and to actually think of something about the artwork um which definitely does help in making sales a lot of a lot of people for installations they make money through um commissions rather than selling an installation but it is possible but but just by how you make the audience think and feel and see
3: it's going back to the immersion isn't it um Mm create that kind of (laughs) immersion and actually get people thinking and feeling Mm -hmm. um and drawing them in but kind of still hanging having them questions hanging over them thinking why am I feeling like this and that really kind of draws them in further to explore the concepts and the themes. I think yeah that that is going to kind of you know if it draws you in on that level then of course you're gonna want more of it so mm. it to drive up the price.
2: It's so true. And um that actually brings us on to our next bit which is tips for pricing. Um, we roll around on this idea as artists we tear ourselves apart we undersell ourselves and our artwork because we want pe- to make that sale because we have very few of them um and i think it's so important to not undersell yourself the value you put your artwork and yourself at is what value the audience will put on it if you get a 10 pound thing from somewhere like Wilco's like a poster well you're not gonna care about if it gets ripped if you throw it away nothing like that if you bought something of the same size that cost you a grand and a half you're gonna be very protective of it and put so much value onto this artwork because it did cost you a lot of your hard-earned money um but yeah so I get asked a lot um for advice on how to price. And quite, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it is your choice on how you price. Um, but I would highly recommend you look on the website of Artists Union England, or your respective country, because it says what fair pricing, fair pay, and all of that should be for artists. So the best structure has ever worked for me and artists I have um, suggested it to is do not use the price per square inch because each square inch is going to take you different le- lengths of time. You're going to do one square inch here and it will take you five seconds. Oh, you've just made two quid in five seconds, but you do a square inch over there. That could take you five hours depending on how detailed you're making it. Um, maths is not my strongest suit so two quid in five hours doesn't really sound worth it to me (laughs) so the structure I always say is materials plus hourly wage if you don't know what your hourly wage should be well ignore the minimum wage in England for my age it's something like six pound thirty nine um, and I've got almost a decade in the art world. So I'm definitely not selling my artwork for £6 an hour. And um, the suggested starting for graduates or people within the first three years of their art practice, art career, professional artist, however you want to say it, is at £26. And for 10 years plus in the art career is £37 Upwards. So do take that into mind whenever you are applying for funding, whether people are commissioning you, whether you are trying to sell an artwork, your hourly wage, do not take less than your value and what is suggested. If people scoff at your price, they're not your audience. You were not meant to make that sale. Don't undersell yourself. Don't go, oh, this is five grand. They laugh at you and go, oh, but I'll sell it to you for 500 because I'm going to make a sale. There's, don't do that because you are undervaluing yourself. Absolutely, absolutely.
3: And don't get into the habit of giving art away because I think we've all done that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, goes, it, it, it goes with the territory of kind of selling it for too little because people don't respect it as much. And, you know, it, 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 it's just one of those things you might kind of find it. I don't know, un- under a, uh, a table or, I don't know, just tossed to one side, you know, beside a wall and cannot track properly, not framed or, you know, you just kind of, you've just got to bear in mind what you're actually breeding, what you want to breed, and kind of go out with, go out there with the intention that you want to be a professional artist. You want to be a, a good selling artist and you want, you know, this good grounding and professional practice. So by underselling yourself, you're, you're not giving yourself the best fighting chance I mm. think the, I think
2: that's very true um and I mean you'll get a lot of people say to you well start your art career by offering your artwork to one place and then say put, ask them if you could put your name on there and then ask them if they will sell it and then ask them this and that or give start giving it away to friends and family get them to spread the words as well don't do that because <laughs> you're really you are wasting a lot of time and effort and money and materials um unless there is a specific reason personal reason or any other reason that you want to give something away for free you shouldn't um and I say that and I put my artwork a lot for charity auctions so I don't actually get paid anything and usually I'm also covering the price the price of postage um, so take your our advice as much as you would like to. and um, bear the end of the day, do what you want to do, do what makes you happy, and value yourself. If you are doing things for free, make it poignant that you don't do things for free other than this one or two opportunities. Just because whether you want to do it for your exposure, from the goodness of your heart, or because you really care about. The charity or organisation.
3: We're not saying it's not good to give back, you know. It's great. It's the way the world will thrive. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of bear in mind the other factors.
2: So. Yeah, I think mindfulness is what we're trying to say. Be mindful of what you're doing, and um, because someone is going to see a freebie or a very heavily discounted thing, um, and try and use it for their benefits as well. So just know your worth and price accordingly and really do take on the artist union if people question your prices explain it to them usually when you've explained why some ink is so expensive they will go okay i understand now and we'll carry on with the sale Mm -hmm. um but yeah so that's our (laughs) tips for pricing if you want us to make a document for you guys, or um, share the arts union um, link or anything like that, please do let us know. Um, because pricing is a very important thing for an artist and is very much a struggle. Um, and I'm sure we both have some very good experiences on the idea of pricing. <laughs> um, so we're going on to the value this game, aren't we now? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Would you like to introduce it? Oh
3: yes. This is um the value um guess the value game. And so basically Percy and I have selected various pieces of artwork and we're gonna make each other guess how much it costs. But we're not actually we decided on not giving any names, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. No names until we tell uh, them
2: if you're wrong. <laughs> anyways, um, so, yeah, here goes. Have you got this <laughs> yes, I have. It's straight after this. Um, and we are doing this with the utmost respect to the artist. We're just doing it for a little bit of fun. Um, and if we laugh at a price, um, it's not because we think it's ridiculous. It's because we really do undervalue ourselves. And sometimes saying a price for that sort of thing on our own artwork is a little bit hard for us to do but once you get over the barrier you'll start saying it with enough confidence for people to go okay yes (laughs) all right oh this is one of my artworks (laughs) if anyone at home or on demand wants to play along put your guesses underneath (laughs) (laughs) so what do you think i need to find the piece of paper while i found my piece of paper (laughs) what do you think this is worth Oh
3: my goodness. Now um, um, it's either going to be like really, really stupidly expensive or it's going to be. Um, so, where was this exhibited? Am I allowed to ask questions? Yeah, why not? Let's ask questions. Where was it exhibited?
2: The significance. Where was it exhibited? <laughs> oh, um, I don't think this artwork has been exhibited. Okay. Um, it is on sale on Saatchi Art UK, okay. um, and worldwide. Should I say if you feel like buying something like this?
3: Okay. Um, um it, this is just like a sh- complete shot in the dark because I'm really <laughs> not great at guessing things. Um, uh, sh- can I go? <laughs>
2: Would what? you like the size? What medium is <laughs> it? Well,
3: it's obviously quite. Good.
2: <laughs> um, so, the medium is um, I think it's a bit of spray paint with acrylic paint and oil paint. Mm-hmm. Um, it is 72 by 51 inches. And mm-hmm. the artist is from France. Okay.
0: Um, are they? No, I'm not even going to ask that because that's kind of a bit of a cheat. <laughs> This is, like, so hard. Um, can
2: I go, like... Do I go... Oh, I don't know. It's actually hard. Um, Eighteen and a half thousand. <laughs> oh, you're close. Really? Yeah, if you was in dollars. Um. <laughs> it was $14,750, and it is for sale. So, if you see it's by artist Chris Stevens it's called CIA Rose Painting <laughs> yes <laughs> so it's <was> very close <laughs> right so yeah this is my own guess <laughs> go on <laughs> um oh I'm gonna ask, have to ask for the size do you know the size of it
0: um Oh, I didn't write that down sorry. Uh, give me something else then. <laughs> I can go get my iPad if you want. So it's a British artist who works mainly in ceramics mm. um, and she. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bit of background about the artist. She, she likes to work a lot with female forms but with exaggerated body parts like the hands, the feet um, and they're often like as, as here um, featured with like a little pair of binoculars so it's very often kind of the theme of as human beings, kind of constantly searching for answers, kind of, you know, fa- like trying to find our why, you know, why here <laughs> and um, yeah, kind of, you know, the reason for being and feeling fulfilled and um, yeah, I can go and find the, um, um, the
2: dimension. sorry <laughs> <It's> all right. <laughs> um, I'm going to take a shot in the dark, ceramics, I'm gonna say twenty-five thousand. No, up or down? Down. Five hundred (laughs) and fifty quid. What extreme to down or (laughs) twenty-five? I give up. (laughs) I've had cards
0: going (laughs) high. These were two hundred and twenty-five pounds. Hmm. Which I think I think she's quite a well known artist in the UK, but it's kind of quite surprising actually. I I thought they would be going for a lot more. Yeah. To, I, I suppose it's obvious to say they have a bit of Giacometti about them, but
2: uh Yeah, I have to say I think it's that idea of um Giacometti that has made me think it's so much higher. It's quite surprising that it's affordable which is not a bad thing (laughs) because now I'm thinking I really do like them maybe I will find it.
3: (laughs) Yeah
2: absolutely. Oh this one's a good one. (laughs) So
3: where was this exhibited?
2: Um, Did not say again. Okay. Um, But it is a Canadian artist. This is 5.5 by 7.5 inches. Okay. And the concept behind it? Oh, did it not have
0: a a backstory?
2: (laughs) It didn't have a backstory. I I really searched really hard to find the backstory for this piece of artwork. Um, But the artwork is called If You Only Knew. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, (laughs) right okay now this is either going to be plucked from some like random Instagram account (laughs) throw some dice (laughs) I wish I had a dice actually (laughs)
1: um
0: I'm gonna go uh do I go higher or lower Does it actually have a price? <laughs> oh, it does have a price. Okay, okay, that's a good start. <laughs> and it, it's in It's in dollars, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, dollars. Okay. I mean, oh. I could do the conversion in my head, but maths. Okay. Um, fifteen hundred. Down.
0: Oh, okay. Seven fifty. Down. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Ten. <laughs>
2: Maybe. No. (laughs) Would you like to know? (laughs) $5. $200. $150. How much? $150.
0: Next one. Right. So this one, um, I hope I pronounce it right. I should have checked again. Is that... No, I'm not going to tell you who it's by. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So it's collage and mixed media. It's called um, Collage de Champ, um 84. I should have said that in French earlier, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> and um, the artist is inspired by fragment and form um, from her imagination um, and um, kind of the nature and the fields that surround her. Again, mm. I can't tell you the size, I apologize. <laughs> but this mm. is on one of the art sites as well. Um, I will put all the details up, or we will put all the details up, should I say, um, after the show. So if you do feel um, swayed to go and buy this art, then you have all the details.
2: Yes. Um, hmm. I'm going to have to, I haven't disappeared, have I a second? No, you're you're still there. (laughs) Good. Um, I'm going to have to say... Oh, this one's tricky. Hmm. Five hundred and fifty. Oh oh okay. Um twenty thousand. No. <laughs> uh, two thousand. I give up. <laughs>
0: okay. Um it's nine hundred and fifty pounds. That's not bad. Yeah. and it's by enough artist Um is it
2: Vincha Monade? Hmm. All right. Um, and I realized that I have left out a photo because <laughs> <laughs> my day's been so busy. Um so I am very gonna quickly stop sharing screen a second, insert the slide. Um if I can. Ooh. Right, this piece uh-huh. it is about a five. Mm-hmm. It is a photogram, um, and it's called The Purple Flower. OK. Um, 1,200.
0: Lower. Lower. 200. Lower. 25 from Ikea. <laughs>
2: It is £75 for the original or £30 for an A4 print signed. Okay. Mm. Not a bad price. If anyone would like to buy it, make sure to check afterwards mm. all of the information. Oh, there you go. And our final one, so...
0: This was by a, a UK artist and it was... I suppose it's kind of its essence about kind of what goes on in life and kind of, you know, the cuts and the bruises that you attain, but kind of trying to look within to find that inner child. Um, So, yeah, go for it.
2: What sort of size is it?
0: It's... um,
2: Again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) <laughs> <This>. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go two and a half thousand higher oh good because I was undercutting it um, hmm. well I would pay for it that's seven and a half thousand
0: okay I mean, is that a final offer <laughs> <laughs>
2: If I had the money, how <laughs> <laughs> oh, much is it worth? I'll take that, Kirsty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on record, that Kirsty's bought a piece of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you it
2: for the post <laughs> you get the money in like 20 years time <laughs> okay how much is this one
0: worth place your art whatever in whatever way you want
2: <laughs> play this game with people and whatever they say sell it for <laughs> oh dear hmm.
3: I can't believe
2: you didn't realise <laughs> I completely forgot I was like oh I forgot this picture for the slideshow <laughs> <laughs> I
0: should have gone higher,
2: higher. Yeah. Keep going So now the value of this is now seven and a half thousand if anyone wants to buy it afterwards <laughs> Oh dear!
1: What
0: next?
2: <laughs> I'm just saying. Look at it. Like, how did I forget? Right. Uh, so yeah, that. <laughs> Shall we move on to our fun art challenge next? Right. Um, oh. oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yes. We we're both saying it. <laughs> we to do show and tell. <laughs> um, last week we did a challenge um, with air dry clay. We made sculptures of each other. So I made Sarah, Sarah made me, and we will reveal what we've been up to finishing it off this week painting them. Um, who wants to go first? I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I go first? Get out of the way. Okay, go on. <laughs> I try to um, make some form of um, stone like music.
0: I'm disappearing.
2: There we go. I think I've done the nose wrong, but <laughs> perfect.
0: <laughs> we'll swap. <laughs> yeah. I'll just put her there. <laughs> so. With mine, I just thought, you know, as an artist, I suppose, and a ceramicist as well, you get used to working in clay and kind of, I had done it for ages, but I, I always found it quite cathartic, um, but I'd always been quite drawn to kind of wanting to experiment with other, you know, other mediums mm-hmm. and, you know, things like casting in um, bronze and, you um, you know, working with stone and marble and stuff. Obviously, kind of the studio I'm working in, now, you know, um, won't accommodate that. But so I thought, what's the next best thing that I can do if I can't cast Kirsty in bronze? What, <laughs> how can I make this like worth her while? So basically, um, it's it's not quite it's not quite the Golden Woman from from James Bond. It's kind of got more of a, a feel of, you know, if you're into Egyptology. <laughs> I won't call it a death mask.
2: It's all right. I'll call it Cleopatra. Yeah, done <laughs> with that. So this is basically oh fantastic.
0: It's even got the
4: mic. Oh, the microphone, the ears, the
1: hair. <laughs> there we go. It's
2: so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, testing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually love it. I think mean, that is fantastic. <laughs> um, so tonight... <laughs> oh, dear. It's that time of the night where we don't stop giggling now. Um, we're doing our two-minute art challenge. So because it's called Value of Art, we're going to do a million-dollar artwork um <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing it with yours today well i was going to use oils but i
0: couldn't find my my taps and my mediums um in the very last minute where i work <laughs> so, um it's going to be acrylic mm-hmm. and um yeah i think we'll take it from there i quite Usually when I work with acrylics, there's something else comes into it and ends up being quite mixed media. Mm. But I think taking on all the advice that we got um, when researching kind of what makes art valuable. Um, yeah, I might have to kind of think a bit harder about kind of how, <laughs> how this is going to go wherever
2: I go. Uh, yeah, I'm using acrylics and a canvas today. Right. Um, I got worried that I didn't own any canvases. <laughs> I couldn't find a smaller one. <laughs> it's all right, mine will be more expensive. <laughs> I don't <play> last week. <laughs> we are never on the same wavelength. <laughs> uh, do we have music this week? Um, we can do. Two- <laughs> I'll have to uh, shoot the screen. It might be a bit random. That's Um, all right. If anyone is watching this live or on demand, um, please do feel free to create your own million dollar artwork. Um, We will not be selling it for a million, but if you want to put it to Christie's and get them to sell it for a couple of million, you are more than welcome to try.
0: Is there anything in particular you like um, music wise?
2: uh i think something upbeat upbeat pop
0: <laughs> so i'm just going to the genres here um oh goodness hot hits uk yeah let's go with that probably not what i'd normally go for <laughs> we'll get some in.
2: habits
0: by ed sheeran
2: yeah let's have that oh have a good bit of sheeran bed.
0: uh there we go
2: I really thought that was a toilet, just said <laughs> the way they came round. Okay.
4: So. Every time TV. you come around, you know, I can't say. No. Every time the sun goes down, I let you take control. I can feel the paradise before. <laughs> Tonight I had something <laughs> wonderful. My bad habits, sleep till late night. I to
2: need to leave it here until it dries. <laughs> I <Yeah>. have <laughs> made a mess. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of, of a, I'm not quite, quite finished yet. Took a couple of weeks, remember when you said that you wanted like to give me the
1: world.
4: Good for you, I guess that you've been working on yourself. Just yes, you're getting everything you want You got a new car and your career's really taking off It's like you never even happened, baby What the fuck is up with that? And you, it's like you never even met me Remember when you swore to God I was the only person who ever
1: got you Well, screw that, screw
2: Take rest, sorry, but I you the best, and I don't hold <laughs> Or even off. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> off. <laughs> um, in that time, I have managed to knock everything over around me, and okay. I feel like a two year old. <laughs> oh, Kirsty. <laughs> <laughs> so just like this. <laughs> and I didn't have a paintbrush, so I used a fork. <laughs> You should have said I've got turned here. I'd have sent you some. Oh dear. Are we presenting them this week or shall we present them once they're dry? It's up to you.
0: What do you think?
2: Um, I could show you my million dollar art now. I'm quite happy to. Okay. All right, okay. Don't want to get my messy fingerprints all over it. That would ruin it. It really would. <laughs> Fab. So,
1: lovely I-
0: colours. <laughs>
2: I had blue and yellow. Okay, cool. Um, And a fork. (laughs) (laughs) I have entitled it Crossroads. The concept behind this artwork is we are all at a crossroads in our lives, one point or another. Which road shall you take? The one to the left or the one to the right? Will you go backwards? Will you go forwards? Who knows? But you have to keep moving.
0: Very good. presented that in a very Russell Brand type way.
2: <laughs> I thought it went with the artwork. You yeah. There has to be a video of me talking about it next door to it.
0: <laughs> I just seem to be getting darker and darker. I don't know what's <laughs> happening to my light lighting this week. Um, I'll sit by the window next time, I think. Um, so, <laughs> this is... Now um, which way after the go? No. No. Take it as it is, because um, I can't decide which way up it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is mine. Um, oh, I like that. Hang on. Oh, hang on. There we go. So, yeah, taking into account the red, that sexiles, it's got lots of that.
2: <laughs> Damn, I wish I had my red.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love them colours anyway, so I, I always manage to find a way to, to incorporate them into my paintings. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's called um scars in gold. And basically it's it's just about the scars that you acquire that, that you know during your life that make you and the, the, the they make you stronger and um yeah, very, very simple. But we're all we as we were saying the other week, we we're, we're all work in progress. So
2: Yeah. I like that. Decorating your scars, making them beautiful. Be proud of them, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Make you who you are today.
2: That, yes. Something. I like that. <laughs> my
0: cheeks are almost as rosy. As
2: You're a part of the art. I am. The right. <laughs> we have managed to go over in time this week. Oh goodness, we have. <laughs> I am going to have to go pick up my little one before <laughs> I get that <laughs> phone call. Where are you? <laughs>
0: But we have very, very um, exciting news for next week. And we do have Alfie Joey joining us, um, artist, illustrator, radio presenter, and all around really, really good guy. So that'll be so much fun. Mm.
2: Yes, please do make sure to check him out next week. He is phenomenal and you will love him. We love him. I haven't even met him yet and I love him. (laughs) I love of him. (laughs) Um, so yeah please make sure you are there make sure you are following subscribing commenting, liking all of the above (laughs) absolutely and we will see you all
3: next week
2: yes have a good week bye
3: we'll see you soon goodbye